Welcome to Great News with Lou Meyer from LifeQuest Resources. Uh, Lou, going to say a little bit tricky this time because we're talking about great news for Roman Catholics. Yes, and um, uh, this little book that I've written, uh, it's actually a second edition. I wrote one earlier. It's uh, <clears throat> got me a wee bit of flack because a lot of believers think that the Roman Catholic Church is just another denomination of Christianity. So what am I doing attacking them? What am I doing calling them a cult? Yeah. And uh, you'll recall from our previous interviews that there are certain specific characteristics of a cult. One of them is is their, their leadership, uh, their model of, of authority. And, and certainly what the Roman, what the church did around about 300 AD, when the persecution stopped, the church in Rome basically transplanted the secular structure of the Roman Empire straight into the church. And uh, Jesus forbade that. He said, you're not to lead my kingdom like the Gentiles do. But they brought it straight into the church. So you have all of the politics, all of the levels, and all of the nonsense that goes on with yep. that. And you have a whole lot of pagans coming into the church as well, bringing pagan ideas and some of them even becoming priests. So Catholicism... Roman Catholicism, we're, we're, you and I are Catholics, by the way, but not Roman the, Catholics. The, yeah, well, that's, Catholic yeah, the, means the, the, the universal, universal church. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. But we're not Roman Catholics. And um, Roman Catholicism has got this history of, and it didn't always begin where it is today, but you've got the influence of people bringing paganism and different ideas from different philosophies and different religions, combining them with the church. And so it's adapted and so the Roman Catholic Church today is not the same as it was in 400. You know, it was way closer yeah. to the Bible. And so um, so cult-wise, its authority structure is clearly cultic. Its teaching about Jesus is not cultic because Roman Catholics hold on to the doctrine of Trinity. They believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Some have a, a bit of a weird idea about Jesus, like he's really stern. And if you want to get something out of somebody who's really stern, you get their mother to talk them into it. Yeah. And so they pray to Mary. This is one of the justifications for Mary as being a... Because Mary, Mary intercedes on our behalf on before our behalf Jesus who Jesus. wants to destroy us because of our sin. Kind of. Yeah. I wouldn't say he wants to destroy us, well, but, 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 he, but he's sterner, you yeah, know. okay. And so, um, and so they're teaching, but they believe, they believe in the deity of Christ and of the Holy Spirit. And they believe in the, the 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 death and the resurrection of Christ. Okay, so so uh, and his bodily resurrection. So they're okay, pretty much in their doctrine of Jesus. They're way off in their doctrine of church structure, but they're also off in their salvation teaching. And this is where the rubber hits the road. Mm. Okay, so the Catholic Church basically teaches. That salvation is a process. Okay, for us it's an event. We receive Christ, we have salvation. Jesus is eternal life, we receive from him, we have eternal life, okay? But for the Roman Catholic, that's not the way at all. Our salvation begins when we get baptised into the Catholic Church. Now that may happen when we're a baby, if we're brought up in a Catholic family, and um, or if we get converted to Catholicism as an adult, we'll be baptised then, uh, sprinkled. And so, it's, and so that's when it begins and then continues the process of salvation. 
And so, and that depends on my cooperation. So there's a whole lot of tools there to help me get saved. Yep. I can't say I'm saved ever in this life. And I'll explain that in a minute. But, um, and so I've got the sacraments, okay? So when I go to the Mass, then I get more credit towards salvation. Uh, when I had my first communion, uh, well, that's tied up with the Mass. That's, so that's, that's the confirmation, I think. Yeah, that's yeah, confirmation, the, the equivalent yeah, yeah. of confirmation. Yeah, which you've got another, another step you've got yeah. to go through. Yeah. So you go through these things and, and, um, and then at the end of your life, and you've got to do good, you know? Yep. And you've got to give, share money and help the poor and all this, all this good stuff. And, um, and obey the teachings and listen to the teachings of the priest and don't challenge the authority of the church. So, and when you die, you're not saved yet or you can't know you're saved. Even the Pope cannot say I'm saved because he doesn't know how much of his sin is not dealt with yet. And so he yeah. may have to go to purgatory for several hundred years and be screaming in the fires while God purges him of his yeah. unforgiven sin. And then he will be able to go to heaven. Or if somebody prays for him, he might get there earlier. Or if somebody gives money, he might get there earlier. These are not old old ideas either. Because I mean, they're not like ancient, done with ideas. Because I remember a, um, a Catholic church I walked into in uh, in Auckland. It still had the purgatory box yeah. sitting inside the front door that you could slip some money into to get Auntie out. Yeah, and you know, but it's an incredible fundraiser because if you really believe this stuff, uh, and that's uh, this is one of the reasons the Reformation. Came. This is what Luther rebelled yeah, against. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, John Tetzel, or whatever his name was, was preaching. The, when the, the money goes into the offering, your yeah, the soul is released your, from yeah, soul yeah. is released from purgatory. So, y- if you really believe that your dear mum, who was a very de- devout lover of God, is screaming because God's punishing her for sins that she's, you'll pay anything to get her out yeah. that you can afford, and it's just an iniquitous doctrine. It's got no basis in the Bible. It's a fundraising thing. It's 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 um. There is a verse in, the, in Maccabees, which is not part of the Protestant Bible, but the Catholics put it into the into the Catholic Bible as a counter-reformation mm-hmm. uh, event, and that talks about somebody praying for the dead. Yeah, you know, from that they get purgatory. Yeah, but see, the, the thing, my problem with that is when Jesus died on the cross, he paid for all our sins. He said, "It is." Finished. Absolutely. The doctrine of purgatory, of penance, of whatever, says that Jesus's death wasn't enough. And I don't know. I don't care what church, cult, whatever you belong to. Yep. If Jesus's death wasn't enough, that's not biblical. And more than that. And by the way, just before I go into the, the meaning of the mass, because Jesus is for the Catholic, Jesus is crucified every time they go to mass. Yeah. Again, but but the Seventh Day Adventists. And I didn't mention so I've got this bizarre teaching called investigative judgment. So for them the atonement isn't complete. It's still happening. And Jesus is judging us and investigating us now. And so and, and until that's complete, the atonement atoning work won't be done. That's just bizarre. He said it is finished. And so when a when a Catholic goes to Mass, the priest blesses that bread and it effectively becomes the body of Jesus. This is in the teaching. Transubstantiation, okay? It's required belief. It's dogma. And so 
Jesus is crucified every time, millions of times a day around the world. And that's how Christ dispenses the blessings of Calvary. So it's it's not just reenacted, it's you know, a Catholic church has an altar. My church doesn't have an altar because there's no more sacrifice for sin. But the Catholic Church has an altar because the Mass is a sacrifice. So their salvation isn't complete. It depends on their cooperation, human endeavour, along with God's, and along with the help of Mary, and then along with purgatory. Not all Catholics believe in purgatory. So, again, there's a whole variety of belief in this group. Yeah. See, the, the Catholic Church, as you said right at the beginning, adapts itself. The, the, the Catholic Church in Africa is very animistic. The Catholic Catholic Church in Haiti, for instance, is very voodooish. The Catholic Church in New Zealand is very Protestant. It is. So it's, it's, it's so, so, it so changed, similar. Yeah. But it puts on a different face for yep. whoever it is. But the dogma is... But the, the, the basic teachings. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And in the last 10 years or so, we've got now what's called the Catechism of the Catholic Faith. So as never before, we've got all of those teachings, about 2,000 or so laws there or teachings, and, and and they're all available online, and, and now we can actually nail down exactly what Catholics are required to believe. But also we realise there are evangelical Catholics who actually don't put a big deal about Mary. I mean, they honour her, but yeah. they don't see her as part of their salvation. Their trust is in Christ. So they're genuine believers. If, you believe, if you're trusting in Mary, you're lost. If you're trusting in Jesus, you're saved. If you're and trusting I'll... in the church, you're lost. I've said this uh, to, to many people. In fact, I had a, a questionnaire and I asked the, the, the Catholic Bishop of New Zealand who had obviously had to answer yes, 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 because he's the representative. Do you believe that um, in Mary's perpetual virginity? No, I don't believe that. Do you believe that Mary was bodily taken up into heaven? No, I don't believe that. Do you believe this? No, I don't. Well, yeah. you're not, according to the Catholic Church, yeah. You're supposed to believe those things. And see, there's a huge variation. Yeah. But, you know, he's those, these are dogmas. He, a dogma means a required belief. Yes. So he's a bit naughty, really, but good on him for, for challenging the things which are, which are not true. And, um, you know, I went to a mass some time ago at a funeral and, and I, thought, I said to the priest, I think I said to the priest afterwards, who was an Indian guy from Goa, he was a monk actually, and uh, I I think I'm more than a, of a Catholic than you are. He told me that Buddhists would be in heaven. The Catholic Church doesn't believe that. And um, and so there's a lot of variation, yeah. even in the yeah. priesthood, you know. But one of the big things that happened for the Catholics, which was a great thing that happened for Christianity, was in the 1960s they had Vatican Council too. And they allowed Catholics to, they allowed the Mass to be said in native languages, not just Latin although there are Catholics who still want it to be just in Latin. And recently the Pope said, not even allowed to do that. Interesting. And, um, but um, but it all, they also said path, Catholics can now read the Bible. And all of a sudden priests had to start reading the Bible too because, um, because their parishioners were reading the Bible. And, so, and that helped a lot of people to understand the gospel. Mm. So you've got evangelical Catholics who've, your faith is in Christ, and they love the bells and smells and the windows and all of the traditional culture, but their faith is in Jesus, and they're my brothers and sisters in Christ, and yep. we rejoice for them. Um, some would argue they should come out, but some are staying there to lead other Catholics to the, to the true faith in Christ. But then you've got a whole lot of others that are Catholics, you know, and it's like it's their beliefs 
and it doesn't deal with your sin problem. Yeah. And you've got all of this corruption in the Catholic Church, which is tragic. So if you were to sum up in able to in one or two sentences, what is the great news for Catholics? The great news for Roman Catholics is that when you put your faith in Jesus alone for your salvation, not Jesus plus Mary, not Jesus plus the Pope, not Jesus plus the Church, not Jesus plus your good works. When you come to your faith in Jesus alone and put your trust in him, you are totally accepted by God. You you need have no fear. You're accepted forever. You need have no fear that you won't have done enough to be saved. You need have no fear of purgatory because it's a mythical place. It's not even in the Bible. And, uh, and you can relax and enjoy a personal relationship with God. Sure, you need to confess when you've let the Lord down, but forgiveness is, is complete and immediate. And so what you're trying to achieve in a lifetime, never, like every other cult or religion, never know if you've ever done enough, Christ has all done it for you. So just accept it and thank him and live out of thankfulness. And, and it's that simple.